It's January 31st, 2022, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Amazon's new style department store concept kicks sand in the face of investors who think retail innovation is dead. GoPuff launches its first private label line. How Walmart Go Local plans to stand out among delivery businesses. Shopify fulfillment seems to be going nowhere fast. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news. Amazon's new style department store concept kicks sand in the face of investors who think retail innovation is dead. Following a year when retail investors were running away from store valuations, Amazon is still showing what's possible in retail through digital technology. Remember when I talked about what noun Amazon would use to anchor its department store? Well, the name is Style. And by and large, I think it's one of the best choices the company could have made. The name is versatile, aspirational, and merchandise inclusive. Amazon released a video that I scanned a couple of times. Merchandise appears to be apparel and accessories. Shirts, sweaters, coats, hats, shoes, all typical department store kind of stuff. With a name like Style, I would imagine Amazon could put anything here you might find in a typical Macy's. It's coming later in 2022 in Los Angeles, which means it's only a test and learn opportunity. This is not scaled. Let's break down the innovations introduced in the video relative to the typical retail store. As far as the in-store experience goes, there are no size runs on the floor itself. They're in the back room. It's not totally unique in the industry, but it's uncommon. The negative here is you can't hold up an item to your body if your size isn't the one on the floor. You don't have to schlep products into a fitting room. You just add items to your list and they will appear there by magic Amazon elves. You do that by scanning a QR code and sending the product into the room or to the pickup area. They don't call it a checkout because they already have your credit card. And you can select multiple styles, sizes, and colors for the same item. The store is also virtually watching what you look at for personalization reasons later on. I don't get the sense that the stores are truly just walk out, however, because there are no size runs and you would otherwise walk out with a product model. Let's talk about the fitting rooms themselves for a moment. Well, first of all, fitting rooms were actually open. Most retailers you walked in right now, the fitting rooms aren't even open. You don't wait in the line for a fitting room. The associates populate it for you, and then you get a notification for Amazon when the room is ready. Then you unlock your secure fitting room with Amazon's app. Inside, the fitting room touchscreen on the wall gives you an upsell, complete the look suggestions if you want it. It also allows you to browse merchandise personalized suggestions based on what you looked at in the store. And you can get these additional items sent to your fitting room. Let me repeat this just to make sure you heard me the first time. Amazon is surveilling what you look at in the store. I posted about this a few months ago, knowing that Just Walk Out works this way, but Amazon is really advancing on this idea. A little creepy if you ask me. Moving on to the checkout or pickup area, you do have to bring your selected items to that area where an agent will give you a bag, but you don't have to process payment and you don't get a receipt because it's all digital and Amazon already has your credit card. Obviously, this will always change when cash is involved. Now, this is not live, and yes, it's only one store. But what many people forget, however, is that the typical institutional investors have left retail for dead. They're splitting off e-commerce revenue wherever they can. 
Amazon has a different narrative here, and the company's approach could succeed even if its stores don't succeed. What do I mean? Essentially, this new store will be store one for Amazon. In retail terms, this is often the store where all innovations and experiments are tested out for the rest of the store fleet. Of course, beyond Whole Foods and a few others, Amazon doesn't have a store fleet. But what it does have is a thriving technology business in which it sells new retail innovations to other retailers that desperately need similar technology. Even if Amazon stores don't succeed on their own merits, they could easily succeed as the best sales channel for the technology powering their retail innovations. Our second story: GoPuff launches its first private label line. GoPuff announced on Tuesday the launch of its first private label line, basically, which includes bottled water, snacks, batteries, paper products, and other household essentials. In the coming weeks, the company will roll out a line of snacks under the Basically line. So, is Basically a clone of Amazon Basics? GoPuff currently operates in more than a thousand cities, including New York City, and has launched a fresh meals division and rolled out locally sourced products and built an in-house advertising arm. The private label lines are beginning to roll out as companies look to build value and customer loyalty. What does this mean for the industry? First, the reports I've read indicate that grocers receive 35% margins from private label products versus about 25 from national brands. This 10% variance can be the difference between life and death for a logistics-heavy GoPuff. How about for companies like Instacart? Now, I do believe that Instacart could start getting pushed from cities due to margin pressures in these markets. That would leave lower and middle market regional chains to be covered by Instacart in Middle America. Our third story: How Walmart Go Local plans to stand out among delivery businesses. Max Garland from Supply Chain Dive recently interviewed the general manager of Walmart's Go Local program, Harsit Patel, and I thought it was interesting to cover here because some of the principles get to the heart of last mile delivery and which players have the advantage. According to Patel, Walmart Go Local's primary differentiator is not giving in the way of direct-to-consumer relationships. Walmart's approach is what you could term as white-label delivery. White-label means that Walmart doesn't put its own branding on it; instead, it's branded for the Walmart customer employing it. This is very different than the traditional value proposition offered by DoorDash, Instacart, and Shipt, which are marketplaces that ultimately own the customer relationship in the future. And could end up introducing those same customers to new retailers. That's not to say that Instacart and DoorDash haven't also noticed. Instacart's Connect program and DoorDash's Drive program accomplish much the same thing. Despite the earlier start of Instacart and DoorDash, one would think that with persistence, Walmart could gain the long-term advantage here. My take: If there is one player outside of Amazon that the wider logistics industry does not want to get momentum, it's Walmart. A company always known for its logistics strength, Walmart has announced a limited pilot with Home Depot as well as a partnership with Chico's. It's still a new program, and while Walmart is still finding its legs, these are encouraging early signs. While it's still unproven, these customer types could be the start of a larger partnership in the industry. Then there are very few scale national players with Walmart's resources. And our last story: Shopify fulfillment seems to be going nowhere fast. There are a lot of rumors and reports recently about what is going on with Shopify's fulfillment network, from MarketWatch, Bloomberg to Deutsche Bank reports: canceling contracts, not canceling contracts. What's going on? Let me save you the trouble. 
It's not going to work at scale, and this isn't even a very hard call. Best not to pay attention to any of the market smokescreens. First, in the last 10 years, great logistics talent goes to about three places, Target, Walmart, and Amazon. For Shopify to become great at fulfillment, it would have to become exactly like the evil empire it so lows. I don't get my Amazon parcels on time, and I think Target curbside experience needs a lot of improvement, said no one ever. Second, Shopify has no chief supply chain officer. I could end the podcast right here. This isn't even a category on Shopify's job site. Go back and check for yourself. I'll wait. The notion of having 3PL contracts or not having 3PL contracts moving the Shopify stock is so puzzling to me. It takes about 15 minutes to sign a 3PL contract, folks. Third, Shopify's strategy has changed more than once from reports telling me for years the company has been essentially white-labeling a third-party solution without publicizing this widely to building out a fulfillment center outside of Atlanta, of all places. And I have a pretty good idea what I would find if I walked through that facility and it's not best in class. Fourth, no one at Shopify is really talking about what modern brands need from fulfillment solution, which I think is really telling. And those things are, first, Amazon FBA prep and FBM support, meaning obeying Shop Prime standards but shipping on your own. You think Shopify will do this? Me neither. The ability to ship pallets and case packs to wholesale partners like retailers. The ability to ship parcels directly to consumers. And finally, last mile options. Where are the gig worker partnerships? Amazon even added store pickup to their marketplace. Where is Shopify on that? Fifth, we've seen enough to know their fulfillment strategy is not working. For those of you lucky to have watched the launch of FBA, it was simply brilliant. A watershed event in the fulfillment landscape. There weren't two years of test and learn. Like AWS, the first launch just worked and it kept getting better. Lastly, Shopify didn't even follow the relatively easy example of Walmart in this space, partner with a third party, and then advertise it. I'm sure a company like Deliver would have been more than happy to take the business. Or maybe the VC-backed supply chain valuations are just so high that Topify can't run its globally slash affirm playbook that it's become so accustomed to. Supply chain doesn't work without scale. Shopify is really about entrepreneurs, and the vast majority of entrepreneurs They have low volume because they're just starting out. So don't be so hard on them. Even FBA wouldn't work without riding on the rails of customer one, Amazon. And I think the problem is, Toby is probably having too much fun playing with his tape gun to really notice. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, E-commerce tracking firm Route hits $1.25 billion valuation. Route is a free-for-merchants shipping insurance app with built-in visual package tracking, kind of like Uber for packages. I do question the business model because it is an opt-out nonsense insurance fee. Feels like this might explode in the future. Is that why the key investor is secretly protected by a strict NDA? Very unusual. Second, Accrue Savings, a save now, buy later startup, raises $25 million. Now follow me here because this might take a moment to wrap your head around. Imagine if a retailer started acting like a kind of bank that forced you to save enough money to buy that expensive item you wanted. You know, kind of like the old layaway model. Accrue provides a payment tool by which consumers can save money toward the purchase of goods from about a dozen retail brands and receive rewards along the way. 
I think the rewards and loyalty component of this is interesting because anyone who starts banking with a retailer must be a pretty big fan. Third, Suna, a virtual photo shoot platform for e-commerce, raises $35 million in a Series B. The company primarily focuses on photos and video clips. Now almost every brand could use more creative services help, so this is probably a good idea. Fourth, Cross-border shipping provider Passport raises a $39 million Series B to help e-commerce brands and marketplaces level up. Now, this is a really competitive market as well. So hard to break into with services like eShop World and Global E and Avalara dominating today. But good luck to them. And finally, Walmart makes an investment in vertical farming startup Plenty. So in this one, Walmart is getting a twofer, a potential investment outcome in a startup and a new supplier. Sounds like what Shopify is doing with its own ecosystem, doesn't it? In any event, I think it's unlikely that Walmart invested very much money in this one. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our show is produced by Citizen Racecar. Alex Brower is the producer and also wrote our theme music. The executive producer is David Hoffman. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.